This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. I do think the government will benefit and the province will benefit with a new voice and a new style, maybe some new energy. It's also time for me and for my family, perhaps to do something else. Well, Brad Wall getting a little emotional today. I think a lot of people are. It was, uh, well, certainly to me sitting here in Alberta, a surprise announcement. Brad Wall, one of the most successful politicians in recent Canadian history, announcing that he is going to resign. He, of course, is the leader of the Saskatchewan Party, has been Premier of Saskatchewan uh, for a decade now, just one. I believe that would be his third straight majority. Uh, so is it a case of walking away Kind of at, at the top of your game? Has he accomplished everything he wants to accomplish? you got to wonder what now for the Saskatchewan party. Uh, they're going to go through a leadership race. Brad Wall's going to remain on as, as premier until that happens. So he's not uh, walking away from the job today. But he's going to move on. And we'll move on to what? Brad Wall is still young. I think he's 51 years old. Uh, he's well-liked outside of Saskatchewan. Ask any conservative here in Alberta. They'll have a lot of nice things to say about Brad Wall. I mean, I don't know how good his French is. I don't know how he'd do at the federal level. But uh, I know recently there were a lot of people really hoping that he was going to enter the Conservative Party leadership race federally. He opted not to. I guess depending on how Andrew Scheer does, maybe there'll be an opening uh, a few years down the road. Uh, So it's certainly an end of an era. That much is for sure. I wanted to talk a bit more about uh, about Brad Wall's decision, about uh, Brad Wall's impact and uh, who better to turn to. Then our next guest, his name is John Gormley. He's a radio talk show host. He's a lawyer. He's a best-selling author. Uh, His book's Left Out, Saskatchewan's NDP, and the Relentless Pursuit of Mediocrity and the Gormley Papers. I'm right, and you know it. John Gormley, great to have you with us. Welcome to the program. My pleasure, Rob. Thanks for uh, calling. Okay, so you're closer to this than than all of us. So were, were you surprised by this announcement today? I was surprised at the timing. Uh, the inevitability, I don't think, was ever in doubt. Um, and, you know, hearing your, your introduction, and you did a great job of summarizing it. Leaving at the top of your game, and we think of two of the most effective premiers in, in modern history, Frank McKenna, New Brunswick, who won every single seat, and then Peter Lougheed in Alberta, both virtually on that 10-year mark, uh, taking their leave. And I think this is where uh, Bradwall was pretty clear that if he got three elections in and one, he would likely at some point around 10 years be casting about. So we knew it would come, but of course, as you say, a lot of people are surprised today. So what are we looking at in terms of uh, the timeline here? Uh, a year, less than that? I think it'll be less. In fact, he phoned my show right after he did uh, his uh, scrum in the radio room with the reporters, and he sort of let something slip. He said, well, I'm only going to be around for four or five more months, and I said, just wait. And then he started to amplify that, and again, although it's the party's call, but really, you know, he's pretty influential in that, uh, he would like his successor to be in place while there are still decisions on next spring's budget. And, of course, the budget is delivered usually in March. So, gosh, you'd want a a new premier leader in place by February, which starts to look at a leadership convention as early as January. So that's a pretty short hoist for the party to be able to get a slate of candidates and somebody to be the new premier by the end of January. And some big shoes to fill, obviously. Absolutely. You know, and, and Brad Wall is the second leader of the Sask Party, and the, the party itself only had its 20th anniversary just this week, two days ago. And 
it was a party that within two years of its forming in the 99 election actually had more votes than the NDP. And uh, the subject of my newspaper column tomorrow, which unfortunately I'd already put to bed before the announcement today, <laughs> was that the Sask party, in, in virtually every election in Saskatchewan history, I mean, even Tommy Douglas, only two of five elections, did he get 50% of the vote. You know, the NDP, only about one in four elections ever get 50%. So there are more people historically in Saskatchewan who aren't socialists, but they've always split their vote liberal-conservative. So Bradwall's magic, the Sask Party's magic, was being able to be that center-right big tent party. His magic was taking it to the suburbs, to the new communities, uh, huge immigrant population, population growth here that you know is unprecedented in Saskatchewan history. So Brad Wall was that very moderate, modern face of that party, and he did well. Okay, well, and maybe this is my Alberta snobbery uh, showing through here, because I, I look at Saskatchewan, I see a province where you still have a Crown Corporation that offers phone service. you still got a Crown Corporation that you got to buy your liquor from. So does that tell us what Brad Wall inherited in terms of an NDP legacy, or does that tell him about how far he was willing to go? Very much. Saskatchewan has got, and particularly with Crowns, um, a, a perverse relationship with state-owned enterprises, um, you can get the most right-wing, um, you know, pro-business person who, like a lot of us, I, I practiced law in Alberta for a number of years, you know, have done our Alberta time. Uh, and, of course, as you know, the biggest single immigrant base in Alberta in history are about 800,000 Saskatchewanians if you right. go all the way back to the, you know, the late 60s. So uh, people will still be here and be very involved, but there's this weird relationship with the crowns. And Brad's magic has been to be very much the quintessential change agent, but almost very much as a liberal as much as a conservative. So um, he's respected that. But again, he, he's privatized uh, you know, almost half the liquor stores. He now has a rule where any new liquor store must be privately owned, but yet the government still retails some liquor. So he's been very careful, and I think that's been part of what the, you know, the formula has been to introduce change into this province. In an incremental way, almost. Absolutely. And he's had very much that kind of moderate touch, which uh, is really now going to be, I think, inside the Sask Party, where there's some deep self-examination, because Brad Wall has worked. But the question now is, has Brad Wall been bigger than the party, or has the party been the vessel for Brad Wall? And I think that that's the question ahead. So in terms of his legacy, I mean, here in Alberta, we look back, say, at, at Ralph Klein, and we say, well, that's the guy who made the tough choices, made the cuts, got that budget balance, turned things around, right? I mean, that kind of defines him. What, what do you think is going to define Brad Wall? What's his legacy? His legacy is even bigger than policy. And back in 08, you know, when we had uh, $1,000 a ton potash, $140 barrel oil, I mean, he took a lot of money. He bought down the debt. You know, we've had uh, major freeways built, you know, 19 schools just recently. I mean, there's been some huge infrastructure spends. But more than that has been an instilling of Saskatchewan pride. You know, when you're from Saskatchewan, historically, it was always next year country. Gee, you know, I'll give my kids luggage for high school because they're all moving to Calgary. Um, that's all over now. And in Saskatchewan, there has been a really defined sense that we're good and we know what we're good at and we don't apologize anymore to anyone. That's almost antithetical to the NDP DNA. You know, and in my book you mentioned, you know, was subtitled The Relentless Pursuit of Mediocrity. I mean, Saskatchewan was always about being the little poor cousin. And 
We just don't act that way anymore. And in many respects, and he's the first one to say it isn't him, it's a, a bigger, more robust economy, but Bradwall becomes the symbol of that attitudinal change, and I, I think that's going to be the legacy. Uh, his poll numbers are, are certainly better than Rachel Notley's are here in Alberta, but uh, those numbers have taken a hit recently. I mean, there's been some controversy. They, they've had to make some tough choices on, on the budgetary side. Uh, how, how serious has that been? You know, it, that's a really tricky one because the proxies of the left, who never go away in Saskatchewan, I mean, we have a huge trade union sector here, we've got a huge social justice activist sector. If you listened to them on the protests, you'd think Ralph Klein was a mere piker. <laughs> and I mean, what Brad Wall has done in this budget last March doesn't even walk into the same room as Ralph Klein. Yeah. So what the premier's done is said, look, we've got a billion three deficit. We've got to figure out over three years. So there's very incremental changes. But the left think they've got him on the ropes. And even in his own evolution, it's been fascinating because this is a guy who pretty much for nine years never had a negative thing attached to him. So certainly in this past year, it's been his most difficult year because he's had to be out in front with something that's had, you know, rallies at the legislature and unions running radio ads criticizing him. So I, overall, if an election were held today, Bradwall's Sask party would win, but they would take some pretty big losses in a couple of places. Uh, they'd be bumped around a bit. But for him, it's been a challenge. Yeah, but his question uh, now is, is what comes next for Brad Wall. He's uh, a well-known politician. He's a relatively young politician. Uh, you know, certainly a lot of people speculating about maybe federal politics at some point. Uh, do, you have, do you have any insight on that? I don't suppose he, he really hinted at any of that today. I don't really have much. Um, but don't, don't ever forget, he hosted a nighttime FM show called The Wall of Rock. And I remind him all the time that he can always go back to being an FM DJ. Um, Absolutely. He is an Oakland Raiders fan, so he is the patron saint of lost causes. Yes. Um, he did offer to co-host my radio show today, but then he thought we'd sound too much like Statler and Waldorf. So, <laughs> uh, you know, he's got a lot of talents all in the communications field. But, you know, he's also the sort of person that I think, like many former premiers, uh, would be a pretty good catch on certain corporate boards, um, as a strategic advisor for government relations firms. So he'll have no problem with a living, but I think the issue will be quality of life because anyone who's been in politics, and this doesn't matter what party you come from, uh, to be a premier for 10 years takes a real toll on, on family and life and even sometimes health. So I would think in his early 50s, uh, he'll now be able to control his own destiny a little better. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, John, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Really appreciate this. My pleasure as always, Rob. Thanks. And all the best to you, sir. That is John Gormley, the one and only CKOM.com, by the way. Uh, that's uh, where he broadcasts uh, in Saskatchewan. Been doing it for a long time. Veteran talk show host, of course, uh, the author of two books, Left Out, Saskatchewan's NDP and the Relentless Pursuit of Mediocrity, and the Gormley Papers, I'm Right and You Know It. So, of course, that's who Brad Wall calls today because uh, anyone who's anyone in, in Saskatchewan uh, knows that uh, you want to call into John Gormley. That's the guy you want to talk to. That's the platform you want. So if you want to find out what's going on, that's the guy to turn to. So really interesting. I mean, at this point, it kind of makes sense. Does he really want to stick around and fight a fourth election? Probably not. And if, if you're not going to run the next election, how long do you stick around? How much of a lame duck leader do you want to be? How much time does the party need to get a new leader in place and to get that person established? So it never, 
an ideal time necessarily. There's no, no perfect time to walk away, but maybe this is as good as any. I mean, some are going to say, hey, you know, all of a sudden things start going a little south and you bail on us. Thanks a lot. But I don't know how much there is to that. But yeah, it's certainly true that his own approval rating, the Saskatchewan party numbers have taken a bit of a hit as of late. And, and that goes back to some tough decisions they made in their most recent budget. So I don't know. I mean, does, does Brad Wall wear some of that? Does he walk away? And does the uh, new leader come in with a clean slate? Do they go in a different direction? It is interesting, too. You know, the differences between Alberta and Saskatchewan. And maybe what's conservative in a Saskatchewan context seems less so in an Alberta context. Uh, because still, taxes are higher in Saskatchewan than they are in Alberta. Saskatchewan spends more per capita than Alberta does. Saskatchewan has far more crown corporations than Alberta does. But I suppose give uh, the Alberta NDP enough time, maybe that will all change. But it's, I suppose, a similar question, almost mirror images of each other. The kinds of baby steps that a conservative government in Saskatchewan needs to take and the kind of baby steps that a left-wing government in Alberta needs to take. Maybe there are some, some parallels there. So is it fair to Brad Wall to say, well, what did you really accomplish? If taxes are still higher, if you still got all these crown corporations, does that represent a failure on his part? I mean, someone texted earlier to say, you know, go back even further. Look at the uh, list of crown corporations in Saskatchewan. The size and the scope of that list is astounding. That he did what he reasonably could do. There were baby steps, incremental steps, uh, and there's less of that now than there was when he took power. Yeah, sure, the SGLA still exists as the Crown Corporation in charge of liquor retail, but some of that's been privatized. There are more private liquor stores now than there were. Probably fair to say, uh, had the Saskatchewan party never taken power, there would be zero private liquor stores. So baby steps. SaskTel is still a crown corporation. That's who's providing phone service, right? So, I don't know. Maybe there are some sacred cows in Saskatchewan. Maybe even as someone as popular as Brad Wall, maybe there's only so much uh, he can do. When you look at what's become entrenched in Saskatchewan. So maybe it is different from Alberta. Maybe looking through an Alberta lens at what he was able to accomplish is, is unfair. And maybe if Brad Wall had been Premier of Alberta as opposed to Premier of Saskatchewan, you could have gone further on some of those things. Or there would have been no need to in the first place, which is also true. 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.